increased carryout, limited dine-in choices, new seating arrangements. As clubs and resorts continue to navigate their new normal, they're looking for trusted names to keep members engaged and excited about their menu options. Tyson Fresh Meats delivers the quality cuts, menu inspiration, and customer service integral to the best-in-class on-site operations they serve. Find out more by following Tyson Fresh Meats Food Service across social media. This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. In this episode of Club and Resort Talks, we're chatting with James Patterson, corporate executive chef for McConnell Golf and executive chef of Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro, North Carolina. Right after the pandemic hit, we ran an in-depth feature on Sedgefield Country Club detailing the many ideas that Chef Patterson and his team have implemented. Since that published, Chef Patterson has only grown stronger. He's planning for the upcoming PGA event and continuing to source and serve his members the highest quality products he can find. Thanks for joining us today, Chef. How are you? I'm doing well, Joanna. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are things at Sedgefield? Things at Sedgefield are uh, quite a buzz right now. We're about a week and a half away from our PGA event. How is the current situation with COVID and lockdowns and all that's happening affecting the PGA event? So for us, um, this year, instead of having the hospitality end of it that we normally feed several thousand people this year we will only be feeding the players the caddies and the media so less than 400 people a day per meal uh compared to 5,000. Oh, you could do that in your sleep right no big deal <laughs> what about with all the restrictions around it um so it's, it's really kind of interesting and for the staff everybody keeps asking questions you know um we're not bringing in any staff uh from other properties um from other clubs, you know, I've brought people in from Myers Park in years past, and Sea Island, Spring Island, and and um, other clubs in the area. And this year, we're going to do it more or less with just my um, my staff here and and at the club. But the big difference that we see is that everything has to be individually portioned, packaged, wrapped, sealed. Um, the member, the players, and the caddies like they can't touch anything. So you know, the day of the buffet is gone, obviously. So everything has to be um, handed to them. So if they want a bacon, egg, and cheese, then we hand them a bacon, egg, and cheese. So if they want, you know, a burger, then we hand them the burger. It's ironic that it's it's not supposed to be as hands-on, but it's even more hands-on from your perspective. Yeah, instead, instead, of, instead of setting up uh, hotel pans and chafing pans of food, you know, just stacked up, you know, now we got to individually portion everything. And, and I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to say the least and, and to see how, how it happens here because we've seen pictures and menus from clubs over the past two, I guess the past month and a half that have had PGA events. So we're going to put our own spin on it and hopefully they enjoy what we do for them. I have no doubt that you'll pull it off and it will be probably amazing. What about with the club? Is, uh, are you open indoor, outdoor dining? What, what's going on from a club dining perspective? We have, uh, we have yet to open up for lunch inside the clubhouse. We're doing all of our lunch service Tuesday through Sunday down at our Greenside Cafe, which is also the turn, and it's the pool cafe. So it's a big area outside off of uh, number nine green. Uh, that's where we're doing lunch. And then dinner, we're, we've continued to push out um, family-style packages. Uh, we're doing uh, take-home prep, meal items. We're, ta- we're doing butcher shop. That's been big. Wednesday night is our chicken night at the club, so we've continued along that line, except for everything is takeout. Um, Thursdays, we've brought 
dining into the clubhouse. So we're doing dining in the clubhouse Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. Thursday, we're still doing casual kind of um, blue plate specials just to keep it interesting. And then uh, Friday and Saturday, we're doing a la carte. Uh, and, you know, with 50% capacity, numbers are way down in the dining room, but our takeouts have stayed strong. And, and we've been able to meet um, budget, except for uh, banquets for the past four months. So we're, we're doing pretty well. Have you experienced any breaks within the supply chain? Uh, you see bits and pieces, um, you know, you might not find the exact chicken that you're used to, or you might not find that exact beef um, or that certain item, but it's just about making do and, and coming up with alternative plans and being flexible. Uh, that's another thing that we've talked about for the past two weeks, because we didn't know, we didn't have an exact menu with the Wyndham up until about a week and a half ago. And so we knew that we were going to have to be flexible with on what was going to be available and quantities. You know, in years past, it might be seven or 800 pounds of certain items. This year, it's kind of down to 100, 120 pounds. So how, you said you have to be creative. How have you responded? Have you relied on the relationships that you have with your vendors? Are you making new relationships with new vendors? What's been the strategy? We've definitely bounced around a little bit. Um, and we're, we're back. It's the summer months here in North Carolina. Um, so, of course, we've got great fresh produce that we're able to utilize and peaches coming in from South Carolina and Georgia right now. Um, so you'll see things on the menu like this this weekend. We're doing an heirloom tomato and peach gazpacho that's always been real popular here at the club. Members are excited about that. And, of course, the local oysters still, that's a major, major plus here at the club. So changing vendors, you know, every week or so to see what's what's who's got what oyster and where they're coming from and keeping those connections alive. So the menus change, I mean, almost, almost weekly and then definitely um, trying to give the members favorites that they feel comfortable with. How do you keep that communication open with your suppliers and with your members to make sure that they are aware of menu changes and that you're aware of what products are available and coming into season? Like what's that, what does that chain look like? I've got a really good relationship with, our vendors and I stay on I touch with even vinyl use so that I can see trends and who's talking about what and what's coming up short and, and it gives us an outlook that's that's really how now as far as getting to the members you know you see me on, on social media social media is huge um, and I remember uh, demographics that leans heavily on Facebook and so I can post something in the afternoon and within two hours it's connected to anywhere from 800 to 1200 people so they're, they're seeing what we're doing and we put out Every night we put out the specials on social media, either through myself or through the club. And then if we do it through the club, I share it on my page. And again, it just, everybody gets to see what we're doing. Um, you mentioned that you work with certain vendors, but then you also just hear from other vendors. So you've got this kind of like open communication where you can, you can shop a marketplace. Do you shop based on price, on quality, on availability? Like what are the factors? Quality is big. You know, when we're putting, when I'm putting my name on it, my staff's putting their name on it and we tell our members what we're doing, it's important that they get that product, that they get that quality. I want them to eat here. They've got a thousand choices in the area to go eat at restaurants, and I want them here. You know, we're, we've only got our 750 members that can come to the club, whereas there's 200,000 people in the area. When you are looking for new products, um, what's your process? How do, you, how do you evaluate what is quality, what is not quality? Tasting, mm -hmm. a lot of taste, 
say for instance beef we tasted beef and we tasted ribeyes and we tasted strips and we tasted fillets and we tasted brown and we tasted briskets and we tasted flank and we tasted skirt we kept up with everything that we and then we came across all right this is the product that we stand behind this is the product that we believe in this was the most consistent product this is the product we think that is going to hit the taste of our members and and it took a long time and then to, to sell my other chefs on it to sell 10 other chefs on hey you're going to use this beef that was a hard sell but but the partnership that we have speaks volumes how do you then convey these choices to the team of McConnell chefs? So you mentioned there's 10 of them that have to all then get behind whatever choice you've made. What's that process of getting them up to speed and on board and, and in the same mindset? So we have, we have our annual um, meetings and we have our semi-annual chefs meetings. And, and during those times, you know, I like to, I like to bring purveyors in and I let those guys speak about the things that I'm excited about. Because the chefs are going to hear me and they're going to say, ah, oh, that's just JP. You know, JP is excited about this right now. It's going to change. But if they, if they see a product and they get to taste the product and touch a product, then they're more likely to, you know, understand why I'm excited about it. What's the importance behind having that strong relationship? Consistency. Um, you know, I can tell a member something, I can, but in, until they get to see it and they hear about it and read about it and they, see that we're behind and that that I bought into, I I want them to buy into it when we're all on board. And then I think that if we just, if we bought from, you know, different people every week that I wouldn't have that ability to, to, you know, talk to a rancher or to talk to the president of a company and say, Hey, you know, I'm not happy with what we got or my, my chef in Tennessee got something that he shouldn't have got, you know, how can we fix this? And, and they're good about it. They know, you know, it's, it's, it's a big market for them to, to tie in with 12 country clubs. You have a pork tenderloin and a rib, if I'm not mistaken, that you kind of happened upon, right? And now you're a super fan. Yeah. So uh, two years ago, I was uh, cooking at Charleston Wine and Food Festival. Um, and one of the days I was asked to utilize a uh, pork tenderloin from the prime chairman reserve. And, uh, and I didn't know anything about it. And, you know, and, and first thing I want to say is, you know, Hey, you know, they don't grade pork prime. So I had so many questions, but I got a hold of the pork tenderloin. It's not that it's truly a prime product, but it is in their mind, it is the top of the top. It's got the best fat percentages. And, and so I, I ordered some of the, um, payback ribs and then St. Louis and, and their ribs are amazing. The, the, the meat on there. I mean, there's just, (laughs) it's a, I mean, I don't even want to tell everybody to use it because I want to make sure that we get them. I mean, there's, there's times when U.S. Foods runs out and I'm like, what do you mean? That's like the only rib I use. So for the past two years, we have gone to utilizing chairman reserve pork loins, their ribs, their tenderloins, and it's a great product. So we're and that's excited. high yeah. praise coming from you. Now you're like super into barbecue, right? You've done competitions and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I love, I love our North Carolina pork. Don't get me wrong. And this is a product that I really felt like, wow, there, there's something about it. And it's, it's great. Um, I've got two other guys that now use it because I told them about it. So those ribs really stand out. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Chef, and telling us a little bit about the supplier relationship and why it's important. 
Absolutely. Thanks, Joanna, for having me. For more podcasts, check out our site, clubresortchef.com.